Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare and compliance. I recently saw the performance of King Lear with Glenda Jackson as the Mad King. It was a magnificent production, and if you have the chance to see it, I would certainly urge you to do so. The production had many interesting features and interpretations, which seemed to be great entrees into multiple compliance topics. The play was directed by Sam Gold, and it was scored by Philip Glass, but the star power was derived from Glenda Jackson as King Lear. It was a fabulous take on the story and one that will resonate directly to our turbulent times. Therefore, inspired by Octogenarian Jackson and her performance, I'm going to use this performance to take a deep dive into several compliance topics. These topics include innovation, engaging your audience, Lear's Fool, Clinda Jackson's different interpretation of Lear, and changing your focus in compliance. I know you will enjoy this podcast series, the special five-part series of Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode one, innovation. Gold's production of King Lear was both unique and innovative. It was quite a large stage, but the lighting was used to great effect. When the director wanted to shift the action to another group of actors or topics, the lights were simply shut off to the actors not involved. They did not have to exit the stage and then return. This allowed them to remain on stage and the action could move back and forth without disruption. The second innovation was in the use of music. While I'm generally not a fan of music in Shakespeare, unless used in the original show notes, such as Bugles Blaring, I'm certainly not a fan of music in the performances. However, there was a classical quartet which played throughout the performance, which I felt truly enhanced the entire production. Finally, I normally revolt at any singing in a Shakespearean production, yet there were a couple of singing scenes which almost worked for me, but at the very least, they did not detract from the overall performance. I thought about all of this in the context of how to move compliance innovation into the corporate pantheon of greater business process efficiency in the context of a recent MIT Sloan Management Review article entitled, Grow Faster by Changing Your Innovation Process. In the article, the authors discuss their findings that organizations that sustain growth faster than industry rivals articulate a coherent, compelling, and innovative narrative and rely on four powers of lever to make four powerful levers to make it a reality. They posited four key levers for doing so, which I believe will work well for the compliance function to sustain innovative growth within such an organization with its customer base, i.e. its employees. The first lever is to invest in compliance talent. This starts at the top of the organization, committing to have the best practices compliance program. It means both headcount and financial resources should go into the compliance function. Most interestingly, this mirrors the Department of Justice requirement articulated in the 2017 FCPA corporate enforcement policy that the resources the company has dedicated to compliance, the quality and experience of the personnel involved in compliance, such that they can understand and identify the transactions and activities that pose a potential risk. The authority and independence of the compliance function and the availability of compliance expertise to the board of directors. But investing in talent is more than simply throwing money at the compliance function. It is really investing in your compliance personnel. This means giving them training and a wide variety of corporate skills that will facilitate their work 
of and in compliance. This will have greater benefit for the organization. As the authors relate, one person told him, you're not just hiring and developing innovation talent. This is a great training ground for senior jobs. The second lever is encouraging prudent risk-taking. While this may sound antithetical to the role of a compliance professional, you should never forget that compliance does not exist to be the land of no populated by Dr. No. It is not the land of business on development. For the same reasons you have brakes on a car, i.e. to drive fast, not to slow down, compliance should be there to allow the business to more fully manage the risks that it needs to take to be successful. The more nimble and agile your company can be to manage its risk portfolio, the quicker it will be able to respond to market opportunities. Third lever is to adopt a customer-centric process. While this should seem obvious to every business person, it is generally viewed negatively by those who advocate a compliance function as an extension of the corporate legal function, simply there to comply with regulatory or legal framework and there to protect the company. The authors quoted Jeff Bezos in their piece for the following. Rather than ask, what are we good at and what else can we do with that skill, you ask, who are our customers? What do they need? And then you say that you're going to give that to them regardless of whether they currently have the skills to do so, and we learn those skills. Part of this is being nimble, but another part of it is understanding what business you are in and how your organization is accomplishing it. Most importantly, where the business is going. Compliance should work to not only see where the business is going, but how the compliance process can be made more efficient to positively impact the organization. Yet another way to think about this is considering what is possible. As a compliance practitioner, you are only limited by your imagination. Finally, the fourth level lever is along metrics and incentives with innovative activity. Here, you should work to present senior management with solid analytics. This includes metrics related to near-term results and input measures such as process effectiveness, leadership commitment, and competency development. The authors believe that input measures are what growth leaders emphasize in their dashboards. These metrics reveal a variety of insights, such as loose screening processes that leave poor ideas in the pipeline for far too long, sloppy development processes that can delay in hitting project project stage gates, and poor product quality that requires recycling innovations back through the development stage. The bottom line is that senior management is well-versed in the need for innovation and effective compliance. By using these four levers, a compliance practitioner can help senior managers to focus the organization's compliance efforts. The authors conclude that by, by stating a growth-affirming innovative narrative and the four levers make it manifest that within a company can help leaders focus and prioritize their innovation efforts. The process of identifying and articulating the narrative is essential to understanding the culture of innovation within a company and envisioning what it can achieve. The levers bring the narrative to life. Without them, organic growth leadership in any industry is a hit or miss endeavor. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join me for the next four episodes of Shakespeare in Compliance. I know you will find them entertaining and hopefully useful in developing your own compliance practice. This special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare in Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.